The Creative Trust is a limited podcast series to celebrate 20 years of Gloss Creative. Together with our stellar alumni, we'll share everything we know to be true about the creative process and the business reality of running a small but powerful design platform. Two decades ago, I started Gloss Creative as my creative platform for experimentation and exploration. What has ensued has been an endlessly rewarding creation of ephemeral installations, each one put up, pulled down, each one leaving an enduring mark on its audience. I learned early on that I could make audiences fall in love with environments simply by making them feel and experience something. Memories that lasted long after the physical immersion had gone. It crystallised my long-held belief that your business plan is to harness your unbridled creative force and that creative renewal is your most powerful weapon over time. Welcome to the Creative Trust. We're in season two of the Creative Trust podcast, and I am overjoyed to have Kelly Thompson and Hattie Malloy sitting in front of me. When I was thinking about these two gorgeous women in front of me, I was thinking about the things that were common to both of them. And I know that you haven't actually met each other. Well, well, oh, you have worked have, out that you do. So she buys things from Maker's Market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So of when course. She, when, she picks them, when she picks them yeah. up, and I'm like, hi. I'm and I ordered like a green stool off you Which a couple of months ago. Delayed and it wasn't, it was delayed. And then I was like, no, 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 I'll wait for the exact green that I want. And of we course were, you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were emailing the other day, being like, isn't this funny that we're doing now? Podcasting together as color people. <laughs> and so that's why you're both here, because obviously I've worked with both of you and in your areas of traditional expertise I guess it's all about color for you guys everything that you do your world is color so I thought wouldn't it be great if we could just get together today have all the creative conversations but kind of just talk about color as we do it I thought that would be super duper fun so we can get deep on the yeah, yeah deep on the <laughs> colors you know so Firstly, as you know, I'm, this is a podcast about the creative process and I'm endlessly fascinated with how people get creative. So, Kelly, if you could just talk to us about your childhood. What, what did you do in your childhood with your parents and your family that made you become creative? I'd love to hear about that, how you grew up. So I grew up in Rotorua in New Zealand and I lived kind of next to a farm and majority of my childhood I had a lot of free reign so my parents would just be like here's your breakfast here's a packed lunch see you later in the weekend not at all like kids today roaming um, the range and I was a, a massive tomboy so I would just build things all the time I was always building huts playing in the dirt um, and just getting creative making things so I was just always encouraged to we didn't really have a lot of money so I didn't have a lot of stuff but I did always have cardboard and paints and glue and just the basics. And I think that that was really good because it was all about my imagination. Um, I was also bullied a lot when I was a kid. My very clever nickname in high school was Hitty Beast, which is a combination of hideous and beast. I hate that. I that. Yeah, kids of the pits. Yeah. Um, and I was always, <laughs> That's no good. I know. That's... And I was just, I was always just, but I guess I was a bit weird and I was a little bit awkward and I just didn't. You were too fabulous, you I mean. I just didn't come yeah. into myself in a very 
graceful, glamorous way. Um, and so I used to get teased all the time. I was always an outcast. And then as I guess a kind of therapy, I would always like come home, have a little bit, bit of awareness so I could just get my pencils out and just draw all the time. Um, my mum bought me a book called Rembrandt to Renoir. And it was all of the beautiful, their beautiful paintings. And I used to sit at home and try and recreate their artworks in watercolour paints Amazing. every night. And I also had this funny little piece of paper game that I would play. And I'd get a massive sheet of paper and I'd draw like three girls' faces. I'm sure that a therapist would love to dive into this. But <laughs> I'd draw like three girls' faces and I'd make them look really scruffy and really unattractive. And then using my eraser... I would like erase their hair and pretend that they got a haircut or if they were going to go on a date, then I would like draw in this beautiful makeup on them. And I would have like this one piece of paper running for seriously about two weeks wow. until my eraser would rub through the paper. Oh my God. And I would just always do that. And I think it was mainly because I didn't have a lot of cool, this is such a losery thing to say, but I didn't <laughs> have a lot of like cool mates around me all the time. So I was really encouraged to do my own thing and so did you I got have brothers into my or sisters or? yeah but my brother is the complete opposite to me so as I am creative he is not creative and he um whereas I'm into fashion he is like a t-shirt with a long sleeve underneath it kind of guy and he works in the mines and we're just everything about us is different so even if I think back to my childhood we he doesn't really factor a lot in my memories because he was just doing his world like he might play with me with the trucks but (laughs) that's about it so I think it was largely my creativity came from freedom but also just like a little bit of a shitty time with with brats Mm, (laughs) basically mm. and then my granddad he was the one who taught me how to draw like 3d houses and stuff so so was he an architect or a no he was actually a traffic officer my dad my dad was a joiner though so I spent a lot of my childhood just hanging out in a workshop covered in sawdust and my mum worked at a school um but my yeah my granddad was a police officer when they had different not like cops were separate from police officers and he taught me how to draw 3d houses you know when you have the box and you draw the lines uh, off the diagonal yeah, lines yeah, yeah. still to learn that <laughs> i can't do that Man, like, I, I, have a terrible I think the best people in the industry teach me that <laughs> and i've failed every time and so he really encouraged me to do that and so once he taught me that then i used to get huge sheets like meter like say like two by two meter sheets of paper and I would draw full street scenes with these three-dimensional houses and draw little like bushes and stuff and then my brother and I would use that as a map for our matchbox cars and that would be like that's cool neighborhood neighborhood that we lived in and I would just keep extending on it like a that's incredible I can see how all of that translates to now pretty easily. (laughs) (laughs) What about you Hattie where did you start? I started um my grandmother would look after me after school um and she was had an amazing garden and so I would always kind of be and she was kind of like big on like you know not watching too much tv so she'd kind of like give me my fairy bread or like fairy bread yeah I'm here for her and like (laughs) chuck me out into the garden and not let me come back in but she had an amazing garden and I would make like posies I'd loved picking violets and I'd like make all these different posies and I was just I was always like making flowers and then even at home had a beautiful like hydrangea bush and I've got this photo of me in my school uniform before school with a bouquet of hydrangea there was some um kind of it was like a little 
dangly bit of this foliage. So there was that still was the, the start light. Of it. <laughs> it was, that was five. And I would capture the butterflies and put the butterflies onto the bouquet of flowers and stand at the front and get my parents to take photos of me with my bouquet of flowers. It started it's, early. It's like kind Destiny. of Destiny. That's so crazy. funny. Isn't that great so though? That's what I was doing. Everything I think from my childhood, like all my favourite things, like there was this clifftop walk that we would go and do um, down in Portsea and it was my favourite walk because there would be freezers everywhere and so like, you know, everything was like related to like where I could find certain flowers or like I would always be just like going around the neighbourhood stealing flowers. I can just imagine you'd be the cutest kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I don't know. I was just like a bit of a rat bag, but I just was like <laughs> obsessed with flowers. Like I couldn't do anything else. And then I think it kind of just like continued on. But then I guess like when I was in high school, I was like my parents are textile um, agents. So they kind of represent the mills from overseas and then sell to the fashion labels here in um in Australia and so my my mum is like creative in the way that she dresses and how she puts together an outfit very stylish the, I've the seen stylish. your mum on your Insta I know she makes me look cool like I think my mum gives me street cred <laughs> yeah I always say like <laughs> thanks mum uh, so is my mum <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so um yeah then I got really into fashion and kind of thought that I would maybe go down that kind of route I would like have like magazine covers like all over my you know like chop them out and like collage them all over my walls like it was ginormous um and so and then I dropped out of high school I was kind of didn't enjoy I went to an all-girls school I just Same. I they found the it worst. They're, the worst. <laughs> they're the worst anyway unless you're one of the clicky cool girls then I, it's probably amazing but I know I I really didn't like like I feel like I was just I didn't fit into any kind of group or part of it and I also I just I didn't like the dynamics and like I guess my sister's intellectually disabled so I had a very different perspective on life growing up I think when you have someone um, you know you don't have the perfect cutter kind of thing you just realize that there's like I don't want to waste my time to all the the bullshit (laughs) your sister was it your sister or your brother did you say my sister yeah great how did that change you um it was it was different growing up because it was you know Gracie required you know a a lot of the attention and the care and also back in those days like there was no help for discipline like there was my parents got no help like from Mm -hmm. anyone it was really tough but I mean Gigi is the most beautiful joyous like very colorful like dresses in full colorful <laughs> outfits like it's funny because mum just wears like black and white but Gracie's like loves purple and very colorful and like what she likes to wear and lots of patterns and clashing things so um but yeah it was a very different childhood mm. um and I think it just uh yeah, I guess then with school and stuff like that, I left when I was 16. So why did you leave when you were 16? Because I just could I would go home cry. I wouldn't even finish You're the like, school day. Like, it. yeah, I literally couldn't even finish not the school for you. day. No, and I was just because I would just get, I think because of Gracie, I was a very sensitive child. I still am very sensitive. And but we love that. <laughs> but I will probably start crying at like. It's your superpower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. I love how you and always so, say superpower. Yeah, and so mm. I think. 
I just, I didn't have like a tough skin and I think you needed one in, um, I just took everything to heart and I just took everything kind of, I guess, like as a personal, you know. You onboarded it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So now do you feel like, I kind of feel like all of that crap was character building. Oh, absolutely. And now I'm kind of happy that I wasn't one of the cool girls. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like. I learn a lot from it. Yeah. And it's like, also, I'm sorry, but the cool Kids in high school, like, they're all what losers are they doing? Bring on the school reunion. All of those podcasts, where are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> all of those hot babes are just not there. Yeah, exactly. And I grew up down the Mornington Peninsula, so it was like called it like Insular Peninsula, and it was just like surfy dudes and like. So I moved up to lived with my auntie in St Kilda when I was like sixteen, and like haven't gone back. Like I mean, I do to visit my parents, but I don't. You're not going to move there anytime. No, 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 no. And tell me, both of you, what was your favourite colour when you were a child? Like in your world, when did the concept of colour become a thing? Like when you were young, how did the colour thing express itself, if it did at all? My first memory of colour was painting my bedroom a really bright terracotta colour. Oh, stunning. I was was just pink. My My brother did neon green. Wow, (laughs) that is solid. But if I think, like, thinking about this question when you send it through to me, like, my, because my, my home, like, my dad was a joiner, so he, uh, my home was basically wooden things. Yeah. Um, and they didn't, my parents didn't have a lot of money, so, like, the couch is very simple and, you know, just, like, a brown couch. Like, there wasn't actually a lot of colour in my home. But I do remember uh, when I was young, my mum had this, like, amazing friend. Her name was Amanda. I don't, I still don't really know anything about her, but she was from London and she would, just come and visit us like once a year from London. And the first time I met her, she bought her husband, Mike, and she turned up and she had like had her accent and she wore like hats and like all this jewelry. And I thought she was the most exotic, amazing thing I'd ever seen. And then a couple of times later when she visited, she bought back her wife and she ditched, ditched Mike. And then she left. I know. And I was like, (laughs) so ahead over there. And I would have been like eight. And I was like, wow, this woman. (laughs) And then she left me like this big purple hat and this massive, like it was just this giant woven blue hat with big floral, a big floral scarf on it. And she left me her wedding dress, which was just like so chic, beautiful silk singlet with shoestring straps with like a big kind of puffy skirt and I still have it and I almost feel like she was one of my first um influences when it came to this color and personal style because I grew up in Rotorua like the style there was like DC sneakers and baggy <laughs> jeans and hoodies like that's and maybe like a I don't know a skate tee or something but that well, was about now anyway like mumses and stuff you know um and so she was probably one of my first kind of fashion style color but as far as me personally I kind of feel like it was always in me like if I see any of the photos of me as a kid it was like me matching umbrella colorful shoes blue cord dress with like a bright blue thing underneath like I was all very you were on it already I just love to match (laughs) I still love I'm still matchy matchy what about you well when I was because I was quite an independent child because of um of Gigi like I would dress myself as well to like go to kindergarten I remember I would try and power dress to go to the kindergarten I had this <laughs> vest and I was bossy I was bossy I thought I was also like one of the teachers kind of like I'm gonna like patrol the playground vibes <laughs> um, 
still to this day. I am very much <laughs> that girl. <laughs> um, but I remember I would like co- like coordinate my outfits as well, and Mum would like just like I just come out of my room with like you know I don't know just like these she would just say these like amazing like matching like I just put together an outfit like just so easily from like three four. I feel like it's just like you become a character a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, kind of, and then I was just obsessed with pink I remember like I think I had a pink party and we had to like dress up in like all pink and I got my grandma who was an amazing seamstress to like make me this entire pink thing and I was just very obsessed and then I was like I think my first like MSN name was like Hattie underscore loves underscore yellow um so that was when I was like 12. I think mine was Kelly Boom Jelly. Yeah so, <laughs> so I was like then I got a but it's funny because when I started doing um floristry my mum would make fun of me because she was like everything's bloody pink there's always pink in there like it was just very I wasn't as experimental with color when I first began and I think it was just like pink maybe a little bit of yellow and so she was actually the one that kind of made me like that kind of pushed me even though she's only black and white girl to then start yeah to experiment with color more I love and then it. I kind of just went like well I'm just going to make every color exactly it was one of my clients who pushed me into being more colorful with my illustration work because I did a job for a scarter um when was it it was ages ago now maybe like seven years ago more um and I had to draw like tropical scenes and this tropical beautiful woman for some of their perfume packaging and for the point of sale around the world and I did my usual coloring which used to be kind of more pencil-y kind of soft and like washy and they're like brighter 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 and over the, the job went for ages over the space of like six months my work suddenly went from kind of being soft and neutral to becoming way more poppy mm. and then after that it was almost like I got my confidence with yeah. color for my work and then after that, I was just like, more, 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 push it, push it. I think that co- color kind of comes with confidence, don't you? Reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like with your work and also yeah. with your clothes. Like. Yeah. And even like with makeup, I remember even as a kid, I think I was like 12 wearing, I love makeup and I was still wearing makeup, but I was putting like bright red lippy on. Like I was like <laughs> serving looks. Like, <laughs> At 12. like I was just like, and they'd be like, you're like, and mum kind of was just like, whatever creatively like you wanted. Like, yeah, mum was good. like, go off she was Make like I happy. literally don't know how to do any makeup thing but I just would you know play around and I think like creativeness comes from being able to play and yeah. have like the freedom to like work things out for yourself because and have like that Im- imagination also and then I think once you build your confidence then you can start like I feel like for me it was kind of like I needed to get like the movement and like the structure of things correct. And then I feel like because if the movement and the structure is like harmonious, then the colours can kind of fit clash. within. Yeah. 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 Because then it's like still like pleasant to the eye, but it's like a little boom this Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So tell me, Kelly, when was it? At what point did you work out? Obviously there's more a lot that you do now, but I'm imagining you've talked about illustration in the first instance. So you're coming out of, you know, your childhood and your teens. At what point was it that you sort of thought, okay, I'd like to spend my time being an illustrator? I didn't actually decide that. So when I I did a Bachelor of Design, I majored in photography. And when I finished, I really wanted to be a fashion photographer. So um, when everyone did their OE and everything, I just kind of was like, no, I'm dedicated. I'm going to do this. So 
I actually started shooting in New Zealand uh, for fashion brands and I would shoot like the campaigns and their lookbooks and all that kind of stuff and then do a little bit of editorial. And, you know, when you like, just because you decide you want to do something doesn't mean that you're going to be busy straight away. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Not immediately. You know, and so I was doing that and then I was kind of like working in retail just so I had some money. Um, but then I was still really, really poor and lots of my friends just worked in agencies or they just had normal jobs and would get paid on the same day every week. And so it was quite different for me because I had a different kind of work. Um, and then I actually started illustrating because I was shooting all these young girls. I was, because I was a young female, I was taken to Auckland quite a lot to shoot the new models because they were young. I was young. They felt more comfortable with me and it was just a nicer experience for them. And so I was shooting all these girls and they're, it's so interesting to watch because every time you shoot a new model, they kind of come in a bit shy and you can see that they've just studied what other models do and they try and recreate that. And it's so awkward because they're just like really young and they're trying to be these like bold, supermodels. supermodels. <laughs> but then there's this really fascinating moment where they get used to being there and they get used to you photographing them and then they relax. And that moment is the most beautiful part. And that's usually where you find your best shots. And so I became really interested in that. I didn't have enough money to party with all my friends. And then on Saturday nights, quite often, I just didn't have anything to do. And I was like, I'm going to start drawing. And I was really interested in um, artists like Audrey Kawasaki, um, like lots of kind of illustration-focused artists. Um, and they, like, lots of artists who drew beautiful girls. Um, and so that's kind of when I started to draw, not because I necessarily planned it, but because anything else to do and I thought I'd give it a go and then um one of my flatmates I had this random flatmate I don't even know who she was um and she was like oh you should do a show I think people would buy that that's kind of like the only thing she said to me the whole time we lived together and so then it was gold though yeah I was working in a denim store and I was like can I have a show in here and they were like yeah and so I had a an exhibition in there and I sold I think 30 30 prints in my first show and I was like yeah I can do this I can draw and then from there I got asked to do some commissions for people and then probably within a year I got an agent in New Zealand and so then it just kind of took off and I was still doing the photography work and then I think around 2000 and by 2009 I was kind of doing both of them together um and then my camera died and I was about to we're about to pack up from New Zealand to travel for three months and then we moved to Melbourne in 2010 um and then when all that had finished, I didn't have any money to buy a new camera. <laughs> so I was like, illustrator it is. <laughs> so I just focused uh, on illustration when I got here. And then I um, worked at the Jackie Winter Group as an agent there for a little while, which was amazing. And then um, when I left there, I left there when I got the Escada job because it became too much to manage that project and Jackie Winter, but I didn't want to give up that job because it's such an amazing opportunity. And then after that, illustration had just taken over without me even it's kind of like I just forgot about photography because illustration just I can really like see in your work now with everything you do that photography you know and illustration you know of the female form is so entwined like you can see it yeah. but it's it's not obvious now that you've explained you know how you were a photographer and then oh. an illustrator it makes complete sense and for a while when I stopped doing mm. photography I felt kind of bad because I'd like studied it and I spent all that money on the degree and then I wasn't using it anymore. But now that I have Maker's Market, I'm using those skills again and it's actually really nice. Like it feels mm. like lots of the things that I used to do 
are now kind of coming in full circle. Yeah, they're all yeah. like pulling together, and now it's actually that's really, pretty really powerful nice when it's coming together. Boom, as we say. Even, <laughs> even Boom. like when I when I was working as a photographer, I really wanted like I love to know how everyone else does their jobs. So I um, did some freelance work for Mac Cosmetics so that I could communicate better with the makeup artists. And then that kind of filtered into my beauty illustration because when I was drawing the beautiful beauty girls, then I knew how to make the makeup look good on my illustration. And it's kind of interesting. Lots of people are like, what's your job going to be? But I think it's really nice to just go with what feels right at the time because later on it all just starts to like clump together and then you're like, I can do everything. (laughs) I understand, you know, like it gives you a nice sense of power. Definitely. So Hattie, what was the point? that you thought flowers might be, apart from being a five-year-old, <laughs> when you're a bit older. Day one. Yeah, day one. Day apart one. from that, when was it that you decided that might be something that you'd love to spend your time doing? I think it, like, it was always, you know, when someone was like, what's your dream job? Like, ever since I was a kid and then even, like, when I was, you know, left school, I'd be like, you know, if money money wasn't an object, like, I'd love to be a florist, but also back in that day, it was kind of like floristry hadn't really um, changed so much from a shop florist and a, and that wasn't necessarily what I could see myself doing. And then I remember like getting, uh, my auntie gave me um, Saskia Grandiflora's book and it was like, you know, events and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is something that's like very different to what I, I guess, like in thought a florist necessarily was or what you could do with flowers. And obviously grander flora, hello. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it just like really blew my mind and I was like, oh, wow. And then, I don't know, I had a really tough time, I guess, like in my late teens, early 20s, with you know, my mental health. And I was very lost for quite a while. I was kind of like going from job to job and it was like doing corporate stuff, like you know, HR or I was always doing something, but I just, I was, I didn't have that. Um, and I think because from my mental health, I couldn't figure out it, what made me excited, what gave me that passion, what like Dri- was all very drive. cloudy. Yeah. And then um, I kind of started to like reassess how, like the, the treatment that I was going through for my mental health and, you know, I got put on some pretty hectic, you know, medication, which I think helped at the time, but it just like blocked every sense of kind of enjoyment. And then when I started going off that, I really got into gardening again, like um, with my auntie and just like really was just like spending so much time in the garden again and flowers. And I was just like, this is what I've always loved. Like this is what, you know, I've always really wanted to do and I guess by that stage there'd been some more florists coming through that were doing kind of different things and so I was kind of like oh like it's not what I originally thought maybe flowers would be um so then I quit my job started at TAFE because I was like where do I start like how do I like (laughs) I don't really know how does this happen how do I go from here to here and I had an amazing garden that I was like growing a lot of things out of and so I went to TAFE but I just really um, butted heads with my teachers because I was like, I want to do crazy things. Like, I don't want to do like this. Like, So was it floristry you were doing? Yeah, yeah, just doing floristry. And I just was like, I nearly dropped out. I was like, mom, this isn't what I, like, I can't, I'm not doing what I, you know. Love. I, yeah. And I was like, I want to do like these weird and wonderful things. And I want to put 
I was like fascinated with it, everything, like dirt. I was like super like fascinated with like soil and like like but yeah, I don't know, just like all these weird things and everyone just thought I was weird. But really what you were doing is crafting the next generation of creativity. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just that. <laughs> and so anyway, I, I did finish and then I started freelancing for um, other florists just around Melbourne. But it kind of then, when I was um, studying, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be fulfilled by what I'm doing here. So, like, I was on Centrelink. So I was like, I'm going to go spend my Centrelink money pretty much, like, all on flowers from the wholesaler. And then I would have my garden and I would go and steal things from people's Foraging gardens. is the best, though. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, you know, and so then I would just, like, I just started putting together um, arrangements and playing, I guess. And I was just, like, like taking photos of them on my iPhone to, like, I guess I also could see, I always enjoyed looking at it from an image. You know, there's definitely different types of floristry. There's floristry that looks and flowers that look amazing in a space, but like they don't read, I guess, so much like on a camera, um, which is more of the event work. But I really enjoy just like the intricate little tiny details. And then, um, so I started doing that, posting on Instagram, kind of just not thinking that much of it because it was just like my plaything. Then it just built up and built up and then kind of just like studio somehow and then was doing that and then the shop and then was You're like, like then I was like, oh, cool, now I can fill this all with soil because it's this <laughs> shop that like, and so it was like all these ideas that I, and I think no one's going to hand you a golden ticket to execute the briefs or the the ideas that you have in your brain. And I think a lot of the times people are thinking and waiting for that, oh, that perfect client to come along. To give you but permission. Not, yeah. yeah. It's but not if coming. you're not showing them what you can do and what you're about, who the hell is going to trust some, like, I was like 20. Well, they just won't know. They won't yeah. know. And it's like you can, and you can say all these ideas to people, but you sound kind of crazy until you then fill like. a shop with soil and be like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. Here I am. And like, yeah, it's a shop full of soil, but. And it was like, and also that space, like I didn't care necessarily, like I'd established myself and gotten some clients by that stage. So I was able to pay my bills and, and that space was just for me to show people what I wanted to do. And also because I'd started out on Instagram, you know, it's nice to then like have something that people can walk past and engage with. And like, it's not just on the phone also. So that is something we'll jump ahead of creative process because yeah. I think this is something that is so unique to both of you. You both have your uh, originating crafts as, you know, photography and illustration and floral and colour, but I feel something that both of you have done is create these incredible workspaces that have become just a showcase you know, I don't, I don't know if even showcase is the word, but a reflection of who you are, what you love and what you create. And I feel like your Instagram worlds that you let people into are this hybrid of, you know, it's not just the work, no. it's the space. And I remember, you know, seeing the check tiled yeah. area yeah, you know amazing. it literally yeah. looks like a set yeah and so does your yeah. your houses um and where you know and makers market 
they look like sets. Yeah. And I think you both have struck on this incredible thing of your colourful worlds, these sets that you've created speak about who you are every day. And I think that you're the two people that I know that have so slammed that. Yeah. Like you've created that, mm -hmm. I feel like, and you people feel it every day. Um, I'm Tell me about your Instagram journeys. While we're here now, I'm really interested to hear about all of that because you are gangbusters, both of you. No I, have I don't know like, anymore. I am scared. <laughs> I just posted for the first time, I think, in like oh, nearly yeah, two oh, months yeah. last night and I was like sitting there being like, nervous you? <laughs> like Instagram, I find it hard. I, I find it hard. I mean, it's been great. It's enabled me to do what I do, but I also do feel like it's like it's so one side of me it's so one-dimensional um so it's like it's a tricky I think everyone just looks at it and thinks it's all like perfect perfect and yeah especially the last six months I've been you know going mm. through this functional neurological disorder and half the time I can't walk and talk but I'm posting on Instagram looking like <laughs> I'm doing everything but you've been really <laughs> transparent about that yeah so I think people have seen that you know yeah because you explained it so beautifully yeah and people's see that but I think you know what you always put up is the beauty well I think also that's what I hope like that it kind of can Instagram can sometimes be a really like vortex I find of like comparing yourself and seeing there's so much information there's so much out there but I think if like I always love it when people comment being like oh this just made my day like just the beauty of seeing this like just scrolling through this just made me happy and I think that's like the best. That's the best. That's what I get the most joy out of. I'm like, if I can put some little bit of beauty out in the world or that's like also kind of a bit like thought provoking, a bit weird and wonderful and a bit like it's just interesting. That's what I hope that it brings to people is just joy. And I think like, I think when I was beginning um, Instagram, it's kind of like I had a bit of that like, uh, I guess because I didn't like, I wasn't in the design, like I didn't go to art school. I didn't study anything like arty kind of thing. And I felt this like, like I was a, fraud, like a. Imposter syndrome. Imposter, yeah, yeah, imposter syndrome. Because I was like, I don't have the lingo. I don't have the da, da, da. And I was like, when people be like, what's the process behind? Why? Da, 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 da. And I there think, isn't one. And I, well, yeah, and I'm like, there isn't one. It's so intuitive. It's so like, it just is what I want to do. And it makes me happy. And it puts beauty out into the world. And I think that's enough. Mm. Like, I don't think that the there best sometimes reason. needs to I'm be exactly this, the same. Yeah. I don't think there needs to be this, like, whole, like, blah, 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 thing. Yeah, philosophy well. light. Yeah. 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 I'm the same. It's yeah. just, like, I had an idea and I made it. Yeah, well, exactly. because I saw the moon at 6 p.m. on blah, 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 and it inspired the blah, blah, You know, yeah, like, yeah, I hate yeah. this just stuff like, so much. Just like, I just you just started. I idea and yeah. I did it and I thought it would be really nice to do it and that's what I did. Yeah, and so. even, like, with my space that I've – all the spaces that – like, the space that I had on Brunswick Street, which I now don't have. But anyway, I – when I created that um, studio, I was like, I want somewhere beautiful to come and work every day and to just like be, it wasn't for anyone else. It wasn't for, it's for you. Instagram. Mm. It wasn't for da 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 da. It was like, 
I really loved that tile and I've been wanting that tile yeah, ever since I, I started. <laughs> and then I was like, I wanted that tile with the curved edge, couldn't afford it the first time around. I worked my bloody ass off. So I made this huge tile. <laughs> All of the tiles. <laughs> All of the tiles. I went gangbusters. And then, I mean, the checkered floor was just like, that's what we had in a kitchen growing up. And I just was like, I need something that's like washable, easy checkered floor it is so it was like all things that are very like personal to me and I think sometimes people try and create things for Instagram yeah and they're trying to like tick the boxes of what they think will do the 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 job and that just it's got to be about what you like and what you love and what and then you move on from those things as well and you evolve and like I never want to even though I'm you know I loved that space I'm kind of I've got a fresh start now. I can go in a di- different direction because I'm always evolving. I don't want to stay put in the same kind of spot either. So now that tile bench is my coffee table. So <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> good. To your story, I feel like we've got so many things that are yeah. like, in common. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Even how you just did there, but that was your old space and now you're moving on. Even with the space that I'm in now that I haven't even finished painting, yeah. my lease runs out in one point one and a half years and I'm already thinking about how different it will be for the yeah. next one. Yeah. <laughs> like always like thinking of the next idea. Yeah, totally. Of course. Because I, when I got on, when Instagram, I was on Instagram, yeah. I wasn't on it. And then I was just doing my illustration work before Instagram. I used to do that. <laughs> you were on MySpace and things. Um, <laughs> and then I got tapped on the shoulder and I was asked to go to Broom for this. It was this online store called Jazoo. And it was kind of like one of the first like multi-brand online fashion stores. And they're like, we're sending a group of influencers to oh. to Broom and we want you to be the creative one. And I was like, firstly, what's an influencer? Yeah. <laughs> I've never been to Broom before. I'd love to go. And then I turned up there and it was like Nicole Warren, um, Amanda Shadforth, like all of these big Australian influencer yeah. girls. <laughs> it was me. And they were like, oh, but if you want to come, you have to get Instagram. Oh. And so I got on Instagram for that and then all of those girls were there who were like Instagram pros and I was like I don't even really know what a hashtag is or anything yeah. and so I kind of just got thrown into it and so then I had Instagram it was kind of weird because um I just started off putting my uh, my illustration work on there and then people started to approach me for like brand collaborations and things as a creative and then um from there people then became interested in my personal style or my home space and everything but it was always a bit weird just because like illustration takes so much time and effort and then you put it up there and then like no one gives a shit and then they like flowers flowers for likes (laughs) and then meanwhile like um someone takes a photo of their white t-shirt and it gets like a million likes or something I just can't I just figure out creative I'm just like what is this what is this bullshit? <laughs> and so then I kind of like put lots of effort into it for ages and then they changed the algorithm. And then after that, I was like, this is dumb. And so then probably a couple of years ago, I started to just use the stories a lot more. And pretty much now all of my Instagram is just me chatting or <laughs> sharing my journey on my stories, which I actually really love because I feel like it shares more about me than just a single photo. And also I find that People love the journey more than the final results. So say like if I share an illustration, get the love. But if I share an illustration after I've been sharing the journey for a couple of weeks, people are so much more involved with that. And I think people just really love to know 
that you fuck up along the way and people love to see that oh she made a mistake she threw it out she started again and then at the end she got to this and so my with social media now I barely post on my feed but it's like every day I'll chat on my stories or how do you feel because I'm I get so anxious about like about sharing things about me on Instagram. I, I don't know. To. I just like I can't like, and it's not, and then but then I also get upset at myself because I feel like I'm like so one dimensional. I don't know. It's like a weird thing. Like I feel like it's like not authentic almost. Yeah. Like because I'm just like I don't know. I feel like it's very my online persona is like slightly different to Instagram. Changed a lot for me when I started Maker's Market, and then Maker's Market became a business. A page business that was entirely. Yeah. I'm not on there like hardly at all it's yeah. nothing about me and it was so nice to just feel the difference um as far as my connection to that account versus my personal account yeah and once I kind of saw how nice it was to run the maker's market account and just be talking about everyone else and everyone else's stuff then my own account got affected because I suddenly I just suddenly realized that I didn't need it anymore like I used to because now I have this whole new business and so that changed it quite a lot. And so that meant that instead of me trying to make money off my personal account like I was previously, mm-hmm. now it's just like I'm making This money. is what I'm doing. Yeah, this yeah. is what I'm doing and I don't care if you don't like it that much because I'm not, I don't need it to make mm-hmm. an income anymore. And so that's actually what's really nice about yeah. it now. So I'm just like, hey, guys, I had a really shitty sleep last night. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, here's me painting the wall. <laughs> and like I'm thinking about making this. It might not work out, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so I think just having that weight off it has made it a much nicer experience for me. For you. Yeah. Yeah. And so now great. it's not, I don't like, I don't care if um, I don't get the engagement. Yeah. Because it's just like, this is my page. You're here if you like it. If you don't, you don't have to be here. But it's funny because since I changed my mind or my way of thinking about it, suddenly so many more people want to work with me. And also my engagement's way better. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm like, fine. Weird, huh? When you, when you, <laughs> when don't, you don't care yeah, as much. Yeah, have no fucks to give. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the more you do it, the more chill you get about it. Yeah. You know? Like, I know, I feel like it's also just my age or something where I just like, I just feel like this is me and it's fine. Yeah, you know. So let's just talk about colour palettes now we're here again. I've noticed... Um, I love the conversation that you had for about two weeks on whether you'd paint the background Rocky Raccoon. I've never <laughs> forgotten. Sorry. I've shout never forgotten. Yeah, shout out to Tint. Um, about that. Describe your preferred colour palette to me. Oh, see, I feel like I'm a bit of a split personality. Good. Have- we want to hear all of the personalities. This is why it's <laughs> all day. excellent for me to have the office because I feel like the office is me playing around and just just not being sophisticated in any way <laughs> and just like doing what I feel like at the time. Whereas with my house, I'm I'm try. I guess I'm. I want it to be more calm, and I want it to be more adult, and I want it to be more refined. And so, I'm pulled backwards and forwards between the two all the time. So I have, like, my preferred. If I could have, if I could only choose like a couple of colors for the rest of my life. Let's say four. Okay, I choose oh. yellow, yellow, green, red, and orange probably. Beautiful. Like easy. Mm-hmm. But then, like, 
But then you've got the whole brown thing too. I know. See, I just like all the colors. That gave me anxiety when you like mm. choose four. I don't know. Choose as many as you I want. I feel like you have different <laughs> colors for different things or yeah. different colors for different feelings or different yeah. colors if I want to feel like this person today or versus this person today. And even like in the office now, I don't even really like pink that much, but pink was one of my branding colors. And so that was what drove the decision to paint my floor pink in the office. But I know that in the next office, I want it to be more like textural and earthy and a lot more kind of refined with metals and things like brass and things mm. like that. Um, but I, this is my problem for my whole life because I have lots of ideas of different things I want to do, but I only have my house and my office yeah. or my projects only and not other people's projects. Yeah. So it's like a little bit of a creative all the time. <laughs> and what about your favorite colors? What are your favorite colors? What's your perspective on color? My perspective on color is that it changes. Like I think it change it evolves. Like I, I love all color, but I get I do get fixated Same. on like certain colors. So then, like when it was, um, it was interesting because the first studio I had, I had everything white, and it was very. I feel like it didn't have a lot of my personality, actually. I feel like it was like I was still so – I was still a bit unsure of myself. And so it was just like all Safe. a white – yeah, a white room. And then I had so much colour with the floral and – but I didn't have a lot of colour. I then started really getting into like coloured like glass, like Murano glass and like collecting coloured glass. So then I got like obsessive with kind of all of that. And then – so I was more like highlighting colors and then when I moved into the other space it was like that big green bench and then I was buying a lot of green clothing there was a lot of green everything oh my gosh we are the same person (laughs) green eyeshadows like there was green I'm in the blue face right now yeah there was like green like checkered sneakers like I'm very much like you know everything um and now because now I'm working and living um out of my home so it's kind of like it's been really nice because I had so many special things that I had in my studio, like all my vases and everything, and now I have them all around me. But I think it's how I've gone about, I guess, like uh, my space that I live and work in. I like having colour as like the like accent, I guess, pieces. Like I have white couches. Oh, have, do you? Yeah, yeah I have white couches, white cushions. I have like, you know, I like white bed linen. Like, I like that to be quite like calming. I think, and then I like having like, I've been obsessed with um, collecting uh, Gaetano Peschke's vases, and I have a piece of like one of his mirrors. And so they're so like I've got a giant one now, which is insane. it's pretty cute, it. so amazing. It's um, huge, blue and orange with like this silver. And they're wobbly and they're just like, I'm so, like, buy them now is a bit of a tradition. Like, last year, my friends all got me one. And then I get obsessive. So (laughs) then I um, bought more and more. And then I bought myself, like, the biggest one (laughs) this year for my birthday. My friends got me his books and everything like that. So obsessive. Anyway, but I like having those things as, like, where your eyes drawn yeah it's actually sitting on one of your stools the blue oh stool. awesome there you go. um but <laughs> yeah and so I like having yeah at the moment I'm very much into that like like strong blues I'm in 
blues. blues. I'm I just like, painted my whole bedroom, the ceiling included, dark, dark navy. Stunning. I'm going to get a dark rug as well. And then I so love it with it. like a, a brown or a rusty like kind of color there. That's the color palette that I – and then I love like a bright red with it. I've got this – I went to a begonia grower, um, which was like a dream because I'm doing something with the city of Ballarat for their begonia festival. That's exciting. And yeah. So – we got to see, and there was like every color under this. I also have to show you photos afterwards, but it was like um, he gave me a bright red begonia to take home, and I put it on this like East Klein blue. Thing. They would look so amazing. And it's like you know people are like red and blue together, and it was just like oh, like it was so punchy, it's invigorating, isn't and it? like, like yeah, the flash is invigorating. Yeah. So see, I'm kind of different. I'm more like where you're like plain things with the pop. Yeah. I like want the color to be like all around me. Yeah. And I love like tonal color on color or yeah. like a block color with like a texture with the same mm-hmm. color in it. Like I like to be like surrounded by yeah. it. Like every room in our new house is a different color. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the halfway through, I was like, am I crazy? <laughs> and but I've seen really nice. that. I've seen that in the work that when we've worked together, like when we did, um, the David Jones yeah. fashion thing. And we were both, at MGV. Oh, it was those colours. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Ross's beautiful um plinths that he oh. had in the, you know, that berry stripe and the blue yeah. and then the pink and the yellow. Yeah. And we, you know, I just bought them to you and I yeah. said, Okay, this is just do what you want. Yeah. Which pretty much I do. Know, which was so and that was our first time working it together was so as well. And much you put so fun. much trust in me. Yeah. Which um, I love because it's like yeah, creative trust. Yeah. Creative. <laughs> there we go. Lots of it. Plenty of it. <laughs> but um and you know, I'd seen your work for so long and I've always been like, Oh, Amanda was creative. <laughs> It was so exciting for you to yeah. work with us because yeah. we knew that you'd do something yeah. amazing and just the way that you combined, you know, we had this conversation about, well, it is flowers, but then it's also maybe some fruit and yeah. maybe it's cheese. Yeah. We, had this whole <laughs> we went cheese so thing hard. going on. It was pretty, pretty beautiful. It, was so, it, was, it did smell too- a bit, but hey. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. It's all, it's all of the senses being involved. That was so great because it's like, and like, with what I do, like I don't want it to just be like florals are so like sickly sweet. That's how I describe it. It's kind of like you need like that balance. Like you need that little bit of Perfect. weird and wonderful. And like we had like beautiful cheeses like hanging and like these little sultana grapes. Yes, and like honey things. everywhere. And it was oh, just like full sensory experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that I also think it's nice to push people's like perception of what flowers or display or anything or can color really be. Yeah, mm, or colour. Like, like at the moment how I like I painted my hallway like a pale blue colour. It looks beautiful, and by the like way. The spare bedroom is like a soft um green colour. Everyone was like lot not everyone, lots of people were like, Oh, you should leave it white, you should leave it white. And I think people have this idea that white is like clean and calm and it's mm. like, but have you walked into a space that's like in a really soft blue? Like the yeah. second you walk into there, you just go, hmm, mm. and decompress and it's yeah. so nice. It's very calming. And, and I noticed how you've with... put that beautiful black yeah. with it. That I didn't want pale to be blue true. and black is a bit of a winner. Because I didn't want my to be eyes. too like hampton <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I needed no. to bring a bit of depth to it. Correct. And I was also thinking about, um, you know, like old oil portraits of people how they might have like their skin is kind of like white but it's a little bit green and Mm. and, like then there's always these like really dark blacks and browns and things I really wanted to bring like with the blacks kind of like a little feeling of history or something into Mm. the space Mm. so it wasn't so like clean and stark and perfect I wanted to kind of grip it up a little bit so that's where the black is coming from. I've noticed that your 
able through your work to bring mood via colour. When we worked on Oliver Street for a marquee for the VRC, we created this boudoir vibe and the girl that you created for that, she was dark like in a really beautiful way and I love all colors but I hate purple same (laughs) here purple was really hard for me to use too purple's the color of like bad branding yeah it's like corporate branding but Gracie's favorite color is lilac yeah lilac I don't love I don't have a lot of purple yeah no we we don't either but then when you see it same again when a client like I'd never used purple before or whatever then you kind of push into it and then you actually learn to appreciate it in a yeah. different way and it it's takes you really true nice. and the rise of lilac i love is... lilac. i'm here for that lilac <laughs> that's a different yeah that's a totally that's isn't it funny how lilac and talk to me about let's just get nitty-gritty what colors do you love with lilac i love this like see this like yeah. citrusy green i, I like that, that orange lilac. as well with yeah the... Actually, my dress is yeah. I'm like it's very demonstrating perfectly. Like yellow, I quite like a yeah. yellow with a. I quite like a, another pastel with lilac. Yeah, like something. Yeah, like a but even a beautiful brown with lilac. Mm, kind of I'm, I'm here for the brown. Yeah. I even like sometimes it's like a khaki green if it's the right yeah. kind of khaki. Yeah. So your predictions for color for the future, and when I say that, I really mean what are you starting to crush on? What are you starting to think? Oh, that could be a thing. Oh, I don't know. I go through so many color yeah, phases I feel like that, that I like, think I'm the worst person to ask because I used get to find like, oh, kind of, yeah. I although we like had that. a lot of Eve's client like recently through yeah. Maker's Market and that sold like crazy. Yeah. And now what's everyone starting to buy now? Pale pink seems to just keep like coming yeah. back and coming back. I quite like a magenta, like a bright magenta mm. pink, even with like a bright blue and red like it kind of sounds like it doesn't work but there's I've got this like Peshka mirror mirror and it's like just like it's mainly blue and then it's got these like little highlights of it yeah and I really like that like bright pop of pink with that Something like softer got like a red wine kind of color yeah yeah actually burgundy in kind of those yeah. colors are definitely having their moment I reckon I think so and interiors too. as well I've noticed it's popping up a lot in bathrooms and Mm. Like even like those um, circus stools, the burgundy yeah. color is the mm. one, the heritage red they call it. That's oh, yeah, the one that I've sells like crazy. Well. Yeah, and it's nice <laughs> to see popular. how those sort of burgundy colors have a sense of brown about them. Yeah, they're not it's like so purple. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting how that mix is so attractive at the moment yeah. as well. I'm pretty terrible with trends though because I don't really care for trends. Like, yeah, I just go with what I'm I just, drawn to. Yeah, same. So like I, I never find it follow hard. fashion trends. Yeah, because I don't really anything. like clock what's. I think I'm also start clocking things when I start getting really into blues and stuff like that, and then I start seeing them everywhere. everywhere. Yes, but I think that's just because you're then you're more tuned into aware. It. It's of like it. Ross Sabatini exactly. says: as soon as you buy a car, you see that brand of car everywhere that you drive around. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? I've Sorry. noticed that both of you are really great collaborators. Obviously, with you know Makers Market, there are so many makers that you admire, and you've done so many collaborations. And yet, you know, at Christmas time, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, it, your collaboration, yeah. you know, on Gertrude Street was just delightful with yeah. Nicole, you know, and Curious Curio. Sorry, <laughs> um, that was amazing. Yeah. So. It feels like they're your friends and you're just getting together exactly. and putting something together 
as friends and you know collaborators you're you Kelly are finding the things you love going and seeing those makers and you're just loving what they do and you're just hey do you want to come and you know do this with me yeah talk to me about your collaborations I personally love a collaboration because I have lots of things I really want to do but there's only me yeah, <laughs> and you know, with a collaboration, you get access to mm. somebody else's skills and like their equipment or whatever, and it's really fun to bounce ideas. And I find that it's such a great way to learn without going to school. Or, mm. You know, like it's such a fun way to just push your creativity and see what else you can do with your skills. Because I do really think that, like, you can study one thing and you can work in one thing, but once you have the creative way of thinking you can apply that way of thinking to any medium or any project mm-hmm. so for me it's really just about uh taking my ideas or taking things that I really want to do and actually being able to action them without necessarily having to I don't know, yeah. set up a factory or yeah, whatever yeah. so like I did a knitwear collaboration last year and I'm going to be doing another one this year with a company called Standard Issue in New Zealand and I just love knitwear mm-hmm. and so for me it's just such a fun way for me to take my ideas and have them on a different medium or and even just like learning more about how they actually make modern knit these days on machines and stuff I'm just so fascinated by processes and how other people do things you know like I did um a collaboration with Wynne Hamlin who's a New Zealand designer a few years ago for fashion week and I did a floral design that he put onto silks but then he also made rugs with the floral designs and they had them on the catwalk and everything and it's just so much fun to see an illustration that I see on a piece of paper or on a screen and then have that on a three-dimensional product which you never really get to do so for me collaboration is just such a fun way of like a meeting of minds and such a fun way to learn and also kind of push outside of your boundaries because you never know what you'd doing a lot of the time you're like okay I have fumbling in the dark (laughs) do you know how to make this happen do I need to figure that out and it's just like I did a jewelry collab a few years ago um I know nothing about making jewelry but how much did I love going into their offices with my sketches and sitting down with a jeweler and having them tell me how it actually works or them say we can do this but we can't do this it's just such dream a, job yeah. such a rewarding experience because I think a lot of the time as a creative you like have your job that you do and then that becomes like your job you know like you go in as a hobby full of love and then it becomes your job so doing collaborations are a really nice way to kind of refresh your creativity and just be more involved with your community as well I love working being like what do you want to do what should we do how should we do that cool let's figure it out it's just such a fun thing to get out of your own headspace and and I do love it comes through your work with the makers yeah. is about and you always say it, we like to work with nice people yeah. and 100% I think that the most philosophy yeah, is like we only work with nice makers and nice people well, and I think that comes through well that's good I started makers market because I just wanted to get outside of myself you know like mm-hmm. going back to even like Instagram and my personal page like and that being all about my work like I wanted to do something that was for the creative community and not just about me making my work and it's all about me and so that was one of the main drivers for launching that like I want to help other people like me also be successful yeah in their trade that's actually why I moved to Melbourne because I had an exhibition here and I think it was 2019 at Gorka Gallery which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore but was awesome 
And when I came here, all of these people that I've never met before were like, this is great. And they were so supportive and they're like, we should do a collab, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what is this place? I need to live here. And so that's one of the reasons that I moved to Melbourne just because. And we're glad you did. <laughs> Good crew here, I reckon. Totally. Um, what about you, Hattie? I think I, at the beginning, I wasn't actually that open to being collaborative. Collaborative. <laughs> Collaborative. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that was because I was trying to figure out what I had such a clear vision and like what I didn't want to do, what I you know, like I was very like blinkers on a little bit, I think at the beginning. And then I think now that I feel a lot more like uh like I achieved what I wanted to achieve within that realm, I guess, also of floristry. And especially with the past six months, I haven't been able to, you know, I've had to put my attention to different things. And so, um, and I've been going more into like even doing like product design, but it was nice to like work with Nicole and to begin that kind of process because then you learn things and then, you know, you can go off and also do your own kind of projects as well. But yeah, I think, I like just to work with my friends. You get a vibe off someone, you know. There's yeah. there's lots of people that kind of say, oh, we should do a collaborate. Like, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like it's um, – and maybe also at the beginning I felt like there was a time where when you're coming up in the creative world, like collaborations, I'm like, are you trying to collaborate with me in the sense of free work? You know how yes. some people are like, let's collaborate on something. And I'm like, you do all the work. But are you, you paid? Am, am, <laughs> am I being paid for my services for <laughs> yeah. like a time? And so I think I got a bit burnt. And I, so I, whenever anyone was like, let's collaborate, I was like, no. That means work for free. <laughs> yeah, literally. And so I think that's where I got a bit jaded at the beginning as well. Whereas now, you know, but I, I want to work with people that I have like. Uh, I admire them. Yeah, and a rapport with and. Some kind of connection. And well, the first time I did that network collab, I just emailed them and I was like, I really want to make something. I should do it. And they're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and, you know, like, there I just went easy. like, yeah. cool, let's do it. And I was like, cool, fine, yeah. let's do it. Well, they could see. They, were just, they, they could, could see, see the possibilities. The <laughs> at the same. If you can both see the possibilities, that's pretty joyful. So uh, going back to how you were just saying about not wanting to do it, I also think that you have to be willing to kind of let go the control. Like exactly. I'm a massive control freak. I love to like, I love doing everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure and Hattie I, is too. Yeah. yeah. Amanda, how dare you say that about me? No, we're all control freaks around control. here. Don't worry. I love to be like in charge of my own journey kind of thing. Yeah. And so like to do a collab, you just have to be ready to like say, this is my idea, but it's probably going to change. And yeah. You have to be ready to yeah. have that happen, you know? Yeah. Whereas I'm not so, and that, maybe that's why like, you know, the shop was really good to do because the girls were kind of like, yeah, set it up how you like. <laughs> I got to like, in control. Yes. <laughs> I was like, we're putting hay in, everyone. I've been wanting to do hay bales for ages. <laughs> it's going to smell like a barn, but just, you know. And I noticed you had a beautiful new vase that you designed. So yeah, once cool. again, interested in that thing about the vase. Like, I think that's like I have like so many ideas about vases and vessels because I think a lot of the time, like vessels are so important to me. Like they, I don't know. That's just I have so many vases. I have room full. How of many vases. do you have? I reckon I'd have. I'm looking at filler. <laughs> He's daydreaming at the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Pass the cookies to I'd Phil. Say, I'd say there's more than hundred, even like maybe hundred and fifty. 
I don't know. I culled a lot actually when we moved, but I have a lot. And so I, but I also have like a, the one that I designed, which I also was lucky by um, Josh who works uh, with me, um, did sculpture and had an understanding of, I guess, like, cause I didn't have that understanding of how to actually have the ideas, but I don't know how to manufacture things. You're not a metal worker. And also, and so it's been really lovely, like, cause that's all, it's actually like mold. There's a mold and then it's poured aluminium into this like sand and resin mold. Anyway, it's a very interesting process, but that's, I just have so many ideas and I like vases, I think are, an extension of what I do. And I also saw that when I would start using a vase, people would be like, who's this vase by? Or like, <laughs> what's going, like, you know, and so um, also from a business point of view, I was like, well, I have a very clear idea as to what I want to do and also what's functional and what's like, I think works in people's homes. I want like the vases to be, um, super easy and accessible for people to use that's why we've got the little grate in the top because you can just put a bunch of flowers in it and it makes it look sculptural and without having to buy the shop full of flowers exactly without having to and also without having to be a complete expert of how to like you know put things into a little kenzan and balance everything and you know, that can be very hard to achieve. Don't have to study Ikebana for ten years. Exactly. I think a lot of the time maybe sounds like it's the same view, the idea for a product comes from what you can't find yeah i'm making some things this year and there are just so many things that i can't find maker's market or for my home and i'm just like okay i'm yeah. sick of looking for them i've spent so yeah. many hours trawling the internet trying yeah. to find things and so it's like i'm just gonna make it myself. yeah definitely. make it myself i do feel that vases for me are part of the structure of the whole thing like i mean the rise of the footed vessel in the past yeah. 10 years <laughs> yes. from Cindy from Lightly. Yeah. She was the first yeah. person who started powder-coated metal vases yes. that were footed. Yeah. And I think that changed the game in terms of what you did and the way people looked at what flowers yeah. they put in it. Well, it just elevates. It gives it some space and that's what I really like about having a footed vessel or even if I don't have like I kind of like to stack my, especially in the photography, like the arrangements that I create and like the arrangements that I put on my Instagram, going back to Instagram, are just arrangements that I'm creating for myself that I taught myself how to use a camera, stepped up kind of. Because <laughs> um, the first time I went to go get a, like a decent camera, I was like, I just want it to look like an iPhone photo, but like oh, I really. Okay, you were trying to make it. <laughs> yeah, but then I've like, you know, and, um, you know, I'm very much self-taught, but I just, I play and I practice and it's something that I really enjoy because I also realise that I need to own the rights to my work. Yep. Because if I have someone, if I'm creating a, you know, beautiful arrangement that's perfectly the composition and everything and then someone else is taking the image, someone else owns that image and I can't, I can't use it, I can't change it. Yeah, and I, you know, and I've had people buy images so... I don't know. It's just been like a good learning. It is great to have your own content because Mm. every time, you know, we do something, we put it, we've got thousands and thousands of images of our own work and I never have to worry about that to the point where sometimes I (laughs) don't put up other people's work because people think it is Is our work work. and I don't want to take 
credit for other people's totally, work. Yeah. You know, even if you say this is by such and such, the comments are like still, mm. oh my God, this is amazing. You, you know, yeah. it's yeah. like it's not mine. And that's like <laughs> when, know? and then now I can do my calendar that I do every year and colour comes into that. Like we like to like with the calendar, we have the image and then pick up on like the colour that's in the image to then have the contrast of the, and it just like makes it all kind of. Um, it's nice beautiful. too because then you have complete control over your brand as well. Yeah. You know? like, same with my, Not like, that I'm a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to being a control freak. <laughs> if you're a man, they wouldn't say I that. They'd say exactly. you're very yeah, sure true. of your vision. Yeah, you'd I be very always. sure of your vision. <laughs> exactly. Visionary. Like visionary. Clarity yeah. of oh, vision. So amazing. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything and you can't just, do? Yeah. <laughs> Bossy and control freak. Yeah. Love it. I do a lot of content. I can make all, take all the images to make his market, but also because I say like if you're buying from a brand and you use their images and every other store is using the exact same images and it's just really nice to have your own visual voice for yeah. a brand and it's nice for me to just have access to the content when I need it or if I need something else, just be able to make it and not have to organize a photo shoot. But it's so crazy because we have lots of stylists who borrow things for photo shoots and then they'll just like tell me about how many people are involved and then it'll take like two months or more to get the photos. And I'm like, yeah, you guys should see what I do in a day. Like, Nothing <laughs> makes me happier than when I look on your stories and you're like, okay, this afternoon I'm photographing some new product for Maker's Market and you're out there with the saw, <laughs> making the set, <laughs> painting it and doing the photography. I'm like, how? And then it's up on the website the next day. Yeah, There's I'm no like, fucking around. That is great but it's also really nice for me because i know that as the business grows i know how to do every single thing yeah. so when it comes to hiring staff and everything i know what can actually be done by a person i don't need like an art director and a stylist and a separate retoucher and then an assistant for this an assistant for that and assistant though. for that mm -hmm. like you don't need to have ten thousand dollars yeah. to do a photo shoot you can just do it in your backyard yeah. <laughs> with a story and some paint as you i know, always yeah. say the business plan you know <laughs> Basically, everyone's business plan is to be the most amazing creative they can be. <laughs> yeah. Because if you can create, if you can have vision and you can make it happen, you have a career. Mm -hmm. I always think as well, like even if the, when it does become a much bigger company, I'm still going to do that. Yeah. You, know, no, you can, can do the fun stuff. Yeah, then I can do all those. the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone nice. else can load it to the website. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Happy days. Yeah. So yeah. you both, we all need to do photography basically is what you're saying. Well, yeah. I think and these days it's really important. I don't even really think important. you need to. You just need to get a good camera and learn how to use light. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But I think it was um, like for me when I was early on, like I was working with photographers to shoot my work, like I had such a clear vision as to how I wanted it. It's hard. And like edited as well and all those kind of things. So I think it's, yeah, when you can't let go, just do it yourself. <laughs> That's exactly why I learned how to do makeup when I was shooting yeah, fashion. Yeah. So I was like, it's not right. I exactly. need to fix it. In the corner fixing it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, come here for a sec. I love it. I've got some more questions for you. Um, just fairly quickly, what's been your favourite job and why? Oh, man. Like a, is it a milestone that happened or is it all of them or what have your favourite jobs been and why I love doing the Escada project because that when I was doing that I was like I've made it as an illustrator and that was such a beautiful milestone for me as a creative to realize that a company in Paris wanted me to work for Escada and it was like a worldwide campaign and I really felt like this massive sense of like my work had paid off when I got there and so that was a really nice milestone for me as a an illustrator Maker's Market is my most satisfying job 
because it's so nice to like see it grow and it feels really nice to do something that's not about me personally as a creative like I just love that I'm contributing to the community and helping like small like it's really nice to have a brand new maker and I'm one of their very first stockists and then six months later be ordering from them regularly and they're just so happy and grateful and it's just such a nice thing to be part of um I love working with you just because I just love chatting with you and like how you took my work and put it into a space is really rewarding I love seeing my work in spaces I did another job for VRC ages ago and I had to do big florals and they use them as wallpaper inside some of the bird cages not the bird cage but whatever the other ones are called <laughs> the other boothy things and that was really fun it's always great when illustrators see their work in 3d for the yeah. first time they walk in and they're just like oh whoa I'm used to working yeah. on an a4 page and then all of a sudden we're going you know is 12 by 4.2 meters big enough for yeah, you're you? like if I scan it at 600 dpi yeah. <laughs> is that big enough yeah <laughs> so I love those projects I've also, I also love like like textile, like working for like Wynn Hamlin and um, doing the knit. I just love collabs. Oh, the jewellery collab was an amazing project for me just because it was cool to make jewellery. Actually, I kind of love most of my projects. Yeah. <laughs> like, quite diverse. Like, actually, I keep going. <laughs> is there one in particular for you, Hattie, or is there There's just so couple. many? I feel like I really loved doing the pumpkins with Aesop because <laughs> pumpkins was something that I was obsessed with. Like, for years and every year I would go and find the giant pumpkins and convince the growers to sell me the giant pumpkins and I would always have the collection of them and it was for no job like no one was paying me to put pumpkins anywhere yeah, personal like, project it was just yeah I was just obsessed with them and all the different colors and varieties and I just found it really interesting and I I loved them so I felt like then when Aesop came to me and was like let's fill you know, Sydney and Melbourne stores, you know, with pumpkins, I was like, I've made it. All my dreams have come true. I've made it. Like, I don't know. I just was like, that's just like, it was a lot of work. It was thousands and thousands of pumpkins that we lugged. That would be so heavy. But it was just like, I don't know, that was really fun because it was something also, I guess, like not necessarily like floral or like, I guess I kind of created my own lane for someone to come and be like, we want pumpkins and not flowers things like that and even working with you and we were able to do like the floral but then there was like cheese cheese and there was it was more like a still life kind of you know it was very like interesting and wasn't just flowers and then I also really loved the gerbera and grass runway that I did because I feel like it was just like so cheeky of me it was like when was that 2019 I think and I didn't tell Melbourne Fashion Week that I was using gerberas until like two, three days before because I knew that it would get. Be like, they're not cool enough. Yeah, they're not cool <laughs> enough. And I was just like, we're going to do it. Like, and it was just Surprise. like, it was quite, it was interesting because people had such like, I like like things that like provoke people that are like, and they're like, oh, gerberas. But the we did them all, flower, right? Yeah, we did them all in beautiful like pinks and it was like the colours were beautiful and the movement was beautiful. So. I don't know, and that was just really satisfying. And then I ended up doing it um, for like uh, a Verve and Louis Vuitton job, and I was just kind of like, gerberas with Louis Vuitton. <laughs> like, I'm really, I knew it all along. And the hilarious thing about gerberas is, in I'll say 1989, mm -hmm. 
they were huge. Yeah, we I remember loved them. That was before I was born. That was a long time ago. <laughs> and then when they became fashionable, I used them for everything. Yeah. They were great because if you look at a gerbera, it's actually an amazing They're flower. Incredible. The like, stem is strong. Yeah. The color is amazing. They're grounded by black. And the black center, because that's what I'm like. I'm like, I love a black center. Exactly. That's what and I need. some of those larger pink ones, the tones in the leaves, they're actually amazing. <laughs> and you can get little frilly ones as well. Yeah. And like mini ones. Like they're so But many they just different... went out of fashion. I know. So it was it was like they you know, when carnies <laughs> carnies were in. Yeah. And then, you know, when I was like, ooh, who'd ever use gypsophla or a carny? Yeah. You know, and now they're kind of cool again. Yeah. It's just this kind of really totally. interesting cycle, which I kind evolved. of love. But yeah. yeah, I think now I'm excited to go down more of the vase. Or like product design. Cool. I don't know, I'm just like interested in that and where that can go. And I feel like one of the things that you kind of talked about lots is um, how making the work yourself has yeah. bought you the fun clients. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's definitely one of the main things. Like when it, I was drawing mushrooms for a while because yeah. I had oh my, my own veggie patch and yeah. I was just like obsessed with growing my own food. And then all these mushrooms would come up yeah. in the winter. And was, then there was like a guy at the Alvington Markets who just mm. has these amazing, like beautiful big pink yeah they're incredible just like the most lovely things ever and I started to draw those Mm -hmm. and from that I got a um, commission from blunt umbrellas to do a big mushroom yeah umbrella design it's just like amazing how I think a lot of the time when you're working as a creative you just get involved with work but it's always your personal work that brings you your best project absolutely and that's why I'm like always I don't I don't actually post like a whole heap on Instagram of like the stuff that I do I guess I, I post a bit. It's more so stories, yep. but then I post the stuff, that, the personal work that I'm doing because that's pushing me forward. Yeah, that's where you want to go. where I want to go. The work that I'm kind of getting commissioned to do is the work that I have done and that people have seen and then they're like, we like this. But in order to keep evolving, I need to still have that playtime. Exactly. I always say when lots of young artists ask me how you get your clients, and then um, I always say to them, you need to ask yourself who you want to work for and then create the work that they will be interested in because that's the main thing if you want to get the For a good guaranteed stuff. good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two Maybe quick... not guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes guaranteed yeah, good, yeah, time. good time. Depending on the client. <laughs> couple of questions, some quick fire stuff now. Um, contrast or tone on tone? Like, both. both. <laughs> Great. <laughs> tone on tone. If I have to choose one, I'll choose tone on tone. Yeah. I feel like I like a contrast. I like contrast. Go the contrast? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, like oh, Pret- <laughs> Pretend you're a colour clairvoyant. Oh. What colour palettes are going to rise very soon? AL burgundy. Yeah. And I feel like a magenta gonna- pink, I think, is has potential. Yeah. I always I want to say blues, but I think it's just because I'm in there now. I'm, in, I'm into the blues. But I don't know if we're, that's the future. We're terrible at trains, I know, we're not good. <laughs> no, but it's you're making well, yeah. up the future. <laughs> not anyone else. Maybe if we do it, then it will be yeah. a trend. Very much, I feel like I'm more into the, like, bright, like quite, like, intense colours. Like, I'm and, like, going gosh. more away from, I guess, like, Less pastel-y colours and more like... More primary colours? Yeah, more primary, like yeah. packs a punch. Fantastic. Yeah. 
I love it. Tell me, Hattie, are you a front of house person or a back of house person? I think I like to be back of house. I don't know. Well, I think that I, I do enjoy like front of house. I think of like talking to people, you know, like all the stuff, which I enjoy, but like, I need to like have my own space and like, I live alone. I'm like, no one come stay over. Like I'm very much like I need my own time and my space to kind of be focus and just be in my own world. And so I can do the front of house, but I can only do the front of house if I've had, if the back of house is in order, you know. I love that. <laughs> Great description. Yeah. What about you, Kelly? 100% back of house. Like I just love, I just like getting shit done. You know, like I like to like, I'm the same as you. I love being by myself. I never get FOMO. I never care if I miss out on stuff. I just love to like get in and focus on my task and just get stuff done. And I'm kind of the same, like could easily stand up and chat or be in a photo or whatever. Yeah. But like it's just fluff. I'd rather yeah. like be doing the work. Perfect. What's your favorite quote? I hate, I know that you love a quote, Amanda. <laughs> do I? You know I, I love a quote. I know, you know I, I do. I hate a quote so much. Well, you don't <laughs> have to give me one. Oh, don't worry. I don't know if this relates to anything, but I like <laughs> saying better to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Go with that then. Yeah. I used to really like if you rest, you rot. But then I got, but then I got chronic fatigue. Yeah, my brain went to shit. So don't, don't say that. I've 100% changed my idea about that one. That's not a favourite anymore. Yeah. I think it is important. I think was my old ethos, but not Yeah, I think it is actually very, very important to rest. rest. I think we get very, you know, I was working insane hours, waking up at like 2.30 to go to market. And it was like, uh, and I was like, I think that was also because I, it wasn't that I had anything, I had stuff to prove to myself. Like I didn't really have like, I guess it looks like I might have had the confidence, but I feel like even when my brain went kaput, I really had to just like sit in my own shit and like actually Deal I now it. have like my own, I guess, like self-assurance that what I'm doing is I'm proud of and is good and I don't have to keep on just trying to like outdo myself in a way. And I think sometimes in the creative industry, we're just like, onto like, what projects onto next? Thing. What's like, what's bigger, better? Da 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 da. And it's like, and then after a while, when you get there, you're like, you get there, you're, you're like, so unhappy. Now what? Yeah. Like I was like at the peak of what I was doing, and I always want to do it, and I was just like very, unha- I was very unsatisfied. And do you, so, do you kind yeah. of feel like getting sick was blessing in disguise? Because I'm yeah. grateful that I got yeah, really yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it was real shit yeah. at the time, but yeah. now I'm so happy I did because it's totally changed my perspective yeah. on how I work. Absolutely. And also I feel like I'm way more creative now than yeah. I've ever been before. Well, I was going to move to Sydney because I was – like I just worked with you and then I was like oh – I had just gone to Sydney. Like, oh, my God, like, that's no. really bad news. <laughs> Mel's gone to New Zealand. You've yeah. gone to Sydney. Yeah. What's well, going on? Yeah, yeah, So I think it was like – and that was just to prove to myself like that I could do the bigger events. You could be in stuff. And that wasn't actually at the core of necessarily like what I found the most fulfilling – I think it was just what I found you needed maybe to do. fulfilling for my ego or to prove the point that I could keep going and yeah. like evolving. But yeah. I think Melbourne is nice because I feel like there isn't, you have that You have creative, control over the pressure too. Yeah, exactly. And like you have that, I feel like I have the space here to be creative mm. and to be playful and to be, to go down different avenues opposed to maybe in a different 
place or city. So I've got what the question was. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it wasn't even that. I've just I just lied. I, I had a question. Yeah. I was like, it was, what's your favourite quote? <laughs> I, I really haven't had to say anything, you guys. I've just been talking and I have, I'm loving love it. it. Thank you so much for your time thank today. You. No, thank favorite you. Favourite yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, now we can so go and have would... more birthday cake for Dave <laughs> and more cookies. <laughs> Thanks so much. I've been so waiting much. to those cookies. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. See you soon. Yeah.